stuff like that. All right. Well, hey, we are kicking off a new series today. I love kicking off new series. They're exciting. There's something new. And this new series is, is all about questions. So I want to start with this. What is your biggest question about Christianity? What is your biggest question? This is the one that keeps you up at night. This is the stumper that you have just not been able to shake for years. What is it for you? Maybe, maybe it's how can a loving God, God send people to hell? Or maybe it's what, what's a Christian response to LGBT issues or, or social justice issues like homelessness or poverty? Okay, what's your biggest question? Well, I think life and faith are filled with questions. And you can either embrace them or ignore them. So around here at River Life, we want to embrace them. So in fact, we're going to spend the next eight weeks, we're going to spend the rest of summer, July and August, talking about questions. And we're going to take eight of them. We're going to take eight questions submitted and voted by you, our River Life family, and we're going to talk about them for the next two months because we're going to engage these questions. Now, some of them have kind of straight, more straightforward answers. Some of them are really hard, and they're complex, and they don't have easy answers. And we're going to wrestle through them all every week. And in fact, right there, I had already talked about our connection card slash fan for today, but right next to the connection card, we've got a little postcard for the series. If you have someone you've always wanted to invite to church, this is a great series to do it with. You can look on the back and see what sort of topics we're talking about. All of this is up online on our Facebook site and on our website, riverlifemn.com. Um, but this is a great one. You could take a look here and say, hey, you know, I know my friend and I always have, have conversations about, let's say, the transgender bathroom rights issues. We, we got a week talking about LGBT issues. Invite them. So it's a great time. In fact, we got a ton of these postcards. If one isn't enough, on your way out, swing by the info table, you could pick up some more. Okay? So I, this is a wonderful, wonderful time to invite some folks to a series. We got those postcards, grab a few more. Okay? So this week, we're, we're, we're going to kick off with the most voted question. Out of 20 questions that people submitted, this is the one that received the most votes. And it was almost by a landslide. I mean, it was a good, like, 20 more than this, the second one, and it's this. How do you know when God is speaking to you? How do you know when God is speaking to you? So that's the question for today. So, now, I love movies, and whenever you're watching a movie, and there's a character in that movie who hears voices, especially if this person hears God's voice, they're either crazy or the villain. Anybody who's hearing voices in the movie is either going to be crazy or the bad guy, or in some cases, both. So take the, imagine the trailer for Suicide Squad. Okay? You know, the new DC one coming out. Okay, so one of the characters, Harley Quinn, if you've been following me, you know what I'm talking about. Okay, so so th there's a scene in one of the trailers with Harley Quinn sitting there surrounded by soldiers. And, and she comes off and she's like, what? What was that? I should kill everyone and escape? And then she looks around to all the soldiers and goes, ha, 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 I'm just kidding. 
That's not what they really said. <laughs> She's crazy, okay? Harley Quinn is definitely certifiable because she hears voices, okay? And, and that's what happens. I think, you know, I think if I were to hear God's voice audibly on, like, I'm out cleaning the pool or something, all of a sudden I hear, Greg. I'm going crazy. <laughs> I would be convinced I was going nuts, okay? Because God speaking to me audibly is not the normal way that God speaks to me. Now, if it does to you, if that'd be a very normal occurrence, if that'd be like Tuesday for you, awesome, okay? But that's not the normal way that God speaks to me. But I still do believe that God speaks to me, and I believe he wants to speak to you. So how do we know his voice? Because I've got a, z a gazillion voices in my head. I don't know about you, but i got a ton of voices in my head. And you know what? I want to be able to differentiate God's voice from the gazillion other voices in my head. And my bet is you do too. Because we do. We have a lot of voices in our head, don't we? We've got all kinds of voices. We've got our parents' voices in our head. How many of you got your parents' voice in your heads, okay? You've got your culture's voice in your head. You've, you've got your friends' voices in your head. We've got all kinds of voices. So how do we know what's God's voice? How can we differentiate between the, all the other voices, what our parents say we should do, what, I want, what you want to do, heck, what your pastor tells you you should do. How do we differentiate between all these voices? Fundamentally, that's the question. How do you know when God is speaking to you? Well, I'm going to give you two answers to that question. The first one is a little more general, but it's really important. In fact, it's probably the single most important answer to that question. And that's going to be the first answer. Now, the second answer is more specific. Uh, it's, it can be a little more helpful if you are facing a specific idea or challenge or question you're facing right now. So the first one is a little bit more general, but it's really important. The second one is a little more hands-on, a little more practical. It's kind of what you could walk out of here today and put into practice for, for knowing God's voice. So let's talk about the first answer. So the first answer, I'm going to read out of a passage. I'm going to read you a little, uh, just a portion of a passage out of John 10. Okay? Now, this is, this is one of the most powerful statements in the entire Bible about hearing God's voice. And it gives you the number one fundamental truth about hearing God's voice. That's why it's my first answer. Because this is the fundamental truth about hearing God's voice. And it comes out of John 10. Now, let me give you a little bit of context. So here's Jesus, and he's, he's criticizing the religious leaders of the time, called the Pharisees. So Jesus is criticizing the Pharisees for their failure of leadership. He's criticizing them for their failure of leading God's people well. And he pulls out a prophecy from the Old Testament. There was a prophecy in the Old Testament. God promised his people that he would provide what he called a good shepherd. 
versus the bad shepherds. There were a bunch of bad kings and priests around that time. And so God was promising a good shepherd. And so here's Jesus criticizing the Pharisees for being bad shepherds. And he makes a promise that he is actually the good shepherd that God promised about 500 years prior to that. So that's what this, this, this uh, passage is all about. So Jesus uses this metaphor that everyone would have known it's all about sheep. Because there were a whole bunch of sheep back then. Not a whole lot of sheep around St. Paul here. There were a whole lot of sheep around Jerusalem. So people knew sheep. And they knew that sheep stayed in these pens. A sheep pen. You know, it's like a little corral for sheep. Okay? So that's what this metaphor is all about. Let's take a look at it. So this is John 10, 1 through 4. And it's just a portion of it. It's actually a, a whole chunk of John 10. Very truly I tell you, Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate but climbs in by some other way is a thief and a robber. The one who enters the gate by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of him, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. Now, I don't know if you've ever tended sheep. Do that on the weekend. Like Saturday, you help your, your parents with farmer's markets. Sunday, you go tend some sheep. Is that a normal weekend for you? That's normal for me. No, okay. okay. But, but sheep actually do this. So sheep know the voice of their sheep herder, their shepherd. Um, so that's actually, so Jesus is saying very true, normal statements about sheep. But he's also saying something about people. He's saying something about people. So, and this answers the question, how do you know when God is speaking? It's when you know God. Because what this says is the, the shepherd's followers or God's followers, God's people know his voice because they know him. You know God's voice because you know God. You know his character. You, you belong to him. You know how he relates to his people. You know him. You know his story. Okay? And most importantly, you know his son, Jesus Christ. That is how you know God's voice. You know God's voice because you know God. And the way you know God isn't by coming to church. You can know about God from coming to church. You can know about God from listening to sermons online or reading books. You can even know about God from reading the Bible. But the way you know God is to have a personal, active relationship with him. And that is done through Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is our bridge to God. It separates us in our sin 
and God in his holiness, and Jesus Christ is that bridge. So the way we know God, the way we know God's voice is by knowing God. The way we know God is by having a personal, active relationship with Jesus Christ. So I want to ask you, do you know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior? Jesus as Lord means he's the one in charge of your life. He's the leader of your life. Jesus Christ as Savior means he is the one to save you from your sins. You, you're not going to be the one to save you from your sins. Church isn't going to be the one to save you from your sins. Jesus Christ is the one to save you from your sins. And so, so you have to ask that question. You have to ask yourself that question if you want to know God's voice. Do I have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ? It's not, did I grow up going to church? It's not, is my family Christian? It's not, do I try to be a good person? It's not, do I attend church every week or whenever I can? No. Do you know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior? And if you cannot answer a resounding definitive yes to that, you're not going to be able to know God's voice. But here's the amazing thing. If you do say yes to that question, whether you have said that yes years and years ago or you're saying yes today, you can have immediate access to God's voice. And that's through Jesus Christ and through the Holy Spirit that God gives to his followers. So that's the first answer. That's the first answer. If you want to know God's voice, is you know God. And the best way to do that is through Jesus Christ. So if this is kind of a new concept, maybe you've been around church, but you haven't heard this idea, wait, I'm supposed to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. What does that mean? Okay? I'm going to be around, my wife's going to be around, any, any one of the River Life folks with a name tag, a little River Life name tag here, could help you understand that question better. Okay? So that's the first one. That's the first answer that I want to give you, and it's the most important one. You want to know God's voice? You need to know God. Okay? Now, some of you at this point might be thinking, well, I believe in God. I believe in Jesus as my Lord, my Savior. I've been following him. I, I work hard to follow him. But I still can't always know God's voice. I still don't know God's voice. What do I do? Okay, where do I go from here? That's okay. Remember I told you I got two answers for you? Now let me give you the second answer. This one gets a little more hands-on. Okay? This one, I want to give you six questions for knowing when God is speaking to you. Six questions. These questions are kind of like a self-test. When you have something, let's say you wake up in the morning and an idea is in your head. How do you test that idea? What do you do with that? I've got six questions to ask yourself. Okay? And these six questions, you can ask yourself, you can sit down with, with someone that you love, someone you trust, someone you just marginally like, sit down with them and talk through these six questions. And here's my promise. If you can get through these six questions at the end with, with yeses, then I can almost guarantee that what you're hearing is from God. Now, I'm not God, so I'm not going to give you your 100% guarantee 
but, but I'll put confidence down on 99.5. How's that? Okay? So let's talk. Let's talk about these six questions. And I'm going to go through them pretty quickly. There are actually scriptures behind all of these. We don't quite have the time. Any one of these could be a sermon unto itself. Uh, so I'm just gonna I'm gonna hit hit them through pretty quickly, but but explain them enough that you, that you get an idea of what we're talking about. Okay, let's talk with number one. The first question is, does it agree with the Bible? Does it agree with the Bible? Okay, you have to start here. Why? Because God's word, the Bible, God's word is the primary means through which he communicates. Let me say that again. The Bible, God's word, is the primary means through which he communicates. That's why it's kind of important. That's why we spend about a half hour or so every Sunday here talking about it. Because it is the primary way that God communicates. It is not the only way, but it is the primary way. And that is really important. That is really important to understand. So the truth is, if the Bible's not really a part of your life, you're not going to know God's voice. You're not going to be able to distinguish God's voice from your own voice or your parents' voice. It's just not going to happen. Okay? Because the Bible is the primary way that God speaks. Okay? Now, there are, there are lots of questions in the Bible that the Bible answers. There are lots of things in there that the Bible doesn't answer. Uh, let's see. Should, should we take a vacation this summer? What are we going to look at, like, 2 Cabo San Lucas, verse 2? Where, okay, I don't, it, it, the Bible is not going to say, should you take a vacation this summer? But I have yet to encounter a question ever in life that the Bible cannot help think through. Okay, let's take your trip to Cabo. The Bible has all kinds of questions about how you spend your money how you spend your time, how you care for your kids, how much time you're with your family versus apart from your family, okay? All kinds of questions that can help through the, the, the big, all kinds of answers that can help through the question, okay? So sometimes, honestly, I think sometimes, like, I talk to people and they, they seem to want, like, a bumper sticker answer to their question, okay? Okay, give me, give me, like, one verse to give me the yes or no and I want to move on with life, okay? God doesn't always work like that. Now, don't get me wrong, there are plenty of clear yes and no answers in the Bible. But not all of your questions are going to fall under that. Okay? So, the Bible can absolutely help clarify any question you face. It might not answer it directly, but we have to start here. Okay? Because God will never contradict the Bible. God speaking to you will never contradict what he has said in the Bible. Now, there's one question that always comes up whenever we talk about this, if I'm talking to this with, about, with someone, and they say, well, and for those of you who maybe know some Old Testament, you've been around churches, you might be familiar with a story where, where Abraham, this father Abraham, um, was called to sacrifice his own son. He was called to kill his son for God. And so some of you might be thinking, okay, well, He's, God's calling Abraham to violate the whole don't kill other people thing that's in there. Okay? What do you do with that? 
Okay, well, first of all, that, so I got a couple answers to that. One of them is that is a single incident over the course of 2,000 plus years. If you want to base your decisions on a single incident out of 2,000 years, you don't understand statistics. Okay, <laughs> so I believe, I firmly believe that that is an anomaly in the way that God works. It was part of how he worked, but that is not a, the least bit a norm for how he operates. And then secondly, um, Abraham was known as, he was the most faithful Israelite that lived during that time. So, if, and if you've got a level of faith like Abraham and then God calls you to do something that sounds crazy, I'm going to cut you a little slack, okay? So if you're an Abraham, I'll cut you. Everyone else, including myself, not a chance, okay? Don't kill your kid. God will never tell you that. No matter how much they drive you nuts, don't do that, okay? So that's the first question. Does it agree with the Bible? You cannot avoid that question. Number two, number two. Have you spent time in prayer over this issue? Have you spent time in prayer? Now, prayer is talking to God. And if you don't really like prayer, you don't really understand prayer, I would recommend check out a series that we did, actually a series that my wife Pafoa did last fall called Connecting with God. It was a great four-week series. I highly encourage you. It's up on our website. Uh, so if prayer is a little strange to you, if you're not sure what to do with that, I'd encourage you to watch some of that series. Okay. So let's talk about prayer. Why is it important to spend some time in prayer over a decision? Well, prayer if prayer is talking to God, that means it's very likely that God will talk back. Again, maybe not in an audible voice, but when we commit ourselves to praying and talking to God and seeking and listening to God, keeping our mouth shut sometimes and listening, that's when God speaks. Okay, that's when God speaks. Now, prayer can be lots of different things. Don't always think it's like what you might have been taught in Sunday schools. Oh, Lord Jesus, be, be with mommy and daddy. Okay, yes, that is prayer, but prayer can be lots of different things. Prayer can be journaling. Prayer can be talking out loud. Prayer can be talking to yourself quietly. Prayer can be reciting scripture, even repeating and meditating on scripture. Prayer can be drawing on a verse. Maybe, maybe you artists like to draw and paint or sculpt or whatever artists do. I am not, so <laughs> whatever you're going to do, go for it. But when you, it can be anything that is centering your heart on God and listening and talking, okay? So you, you've got to be spending some time praying about a decision because that's when God wants to talk to you about it. Okay? And, and I will tell you this, the bigger your decision, the more and longer you should be praying about it. You want to know one of my red flags whenever someone drops the God card, okay? You know the God card? You know, God told me last night that dot, dot, dot. That's the God card, okay? Guys, if you ever tried to use that with a girlfriend, hey, baby, God told me he wants, to date, wants me to date you. Come on. That's dropping the God card, okay? So one of my red flags with anyone who ever drops the God card, if they've been only praying about it for a day or two, 
And if it's like a big decision, I'm like, dude, pray about it for a month. Then come back to me, <laughs> okay? And, and, he, and here's why it's a red flag. If someone says, no, 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 man, I got to make it t right now, I'm like, no. You want to make the decision. You're not actually waiting for God, okay? So there's patience in prayer, and I think that's something we need when we got big decisions. Because if you're too anxious to make a decision, chances are you're making the decision, <laughs> okay? Let's go to number three. Number three, does it make you more like Jesus? Does it make you more like Jesus? God's number one goal and purpose for every one of you, if you are a follower of Christ, and the truth is, even if you're not, if you're not a Christian, this is still God's desire for you, that you become more and more like Christ. That is a fundamental principle of the Christian life, is that the longer we live, the more and more like Christ we should look. So pretty soon, I'm switching over to a toga and can sandals. I'm going to start growing my hair and beard because we're supposed to look like Jesus, okay? No, that's not what, okay? That's not what looking like Jesus. It's thinking like Jesus. It's acting like Jesus. It's responding like Jesus. It's talking like Jesus. That's what looking like. It's having Jesus' heart, his character. That's what, so does this decision make you more like Jesus, it's a dead giveaway. Because if it does, it's a really good chance this is God leading you somewhere. Because he wants you to be more like Jesus. So of course, this would be God leading. Okay? Number four. Number four. Does it check out with godly friends? Does it check out with godly friends? What does this mean? You have an idea, you're like, is this from God? You know what you do? You know, because you always go to someone's door and knock, knock instead of just like, hey, I got a question to ask you, okay? So, so you walk over and knock on your door like you're a vacuum cleaner salesman or something. But no, you go talk to a friend and be, hey, I got this idea, and I'm wondering if this is from God. What do you think? And then you just be quiet and let them tell you what they think. Yeah? But there are a few guidelines on this. Don't go to your BFF, because they're going to tell you that, okay, unless you got a straight shooting BFF, then go straight to them. Yeah. But most of our best friends are going to tell us what we want to hear. I want to start a business where I, I, I'll, I'll take pets, dye them purple to make them look nicer. I think this is God's will for me. That's wonderful. I'm first in line. Let me go get my poodle. Okay. So, so no. Okay. Go, this is a person. Find someone whose faith you respect, who you trust, and ask them, what do you think about this idea? Is this from God? Is this God's voice? And here's another one of my red flags. And this is probably my biggest red flag. That if someone doesn't want to go ask somebody else's opinion of their idea, I can tell you right now, it's not from God. And here's why. The only reason you, that you would not want to go tell someone else is because you don't want to hear their answer. And you might even deep down know what their answer is going to be. 
Okay? So does it check out with godly people? So the, these are people, you go to your small group leader. If you're in one of our life groups, go to your life group leader. Go to your pastor. Go to your pastor's wife. Go, go to an, an auntie or uncle who's, again, whose faith you admire. Whose walk with God is someone that you want to be like. Some of you have some amazing friends whose faith you do not want to be like. Don't go ask them. Find someone whose faith you respect, whose walk you admire, and go ask them. And give them veto power. It doesn't do any good if you don't give them the power to say, that's not a very good idea, and I definitely don't think that's from God. Okay? So, check it out with some godly people. That's number four. Let's talk number five. Number five. Are you currently obeying the things that are clear in Scripture? Are you currently obeying the things that are clear in Scripture? Because for all the things that aren't clear in Scripture, there, there are tons of things that are very clear in Scripture. We shouldn't lie. We shouldn't get angry and scream and throw things at family members. We shouldn't be involved in sexual sin. Whether you're having sex outside of marriage, whether you're looking at porn, whether you're, you're kind of flirting with cheating on your spouse. There are plenty of things, whether you're going out, getting drunk, and coming home, and just saying we're, we're just having some fun. Okay, whatever it is, there are tons of things that are clear in Scripture. Are you holding on to resentment, refusing to forgive? Are you jealous of other people? Are you angry? Do you see yourself as better than some of the people around you? Plenty of things that are, that are crystal clear. You don't even have to ask God for his opinion. That's how clear it is. God, I'm really angry with my brother-in-law. Um, should I forgive him? You know what I, I imagine God saying, duh. <laughs> There's your answer to prayer, duh. <laughs> yes, you should forgive him. Because there are plenty of things that are very clear in Scripture. And here, here's the thing. When we are not following, when we are disobeying things that are clear in Scripture, then it means we're in sin. And the fundamental problem with sin is it damages our relationship with God. It separates us from God. And so the farther we are away from God, the softer his voice gets. Okay? So there's a little, okay? Very little to no sin in your life, confessing to Jesus Christ, receiving his forgiveness. You're hearing it really, really clearly, loudly. As more and more sin in your life, less and less you hear of his voice and ministry. Okay? okay, that's what happens. That's why we confess our sin. It's why God sent Jesus to forgive us. Okay? So are, are, is there anything in your life where you're currently blatantly disobeying scripture? Okay? Number six. Sorry, no, number five. No, number six. Okay, number six, last one. Here it is. Does it benefit you or others? Does it benefit you or others? You would be astounded how many times I've sat across the table from someone and they're telling me this idea that God has given them that is completely self-serving. It's totally focused about themselves. And I'm like, dude, 
you know as Christians, we're supposed to be a blessing to the rest of the world, not a blessing to ourselves. That's God's promise. We bless the rest of the world. God blesses us. It's not our responsibility to bless ourselves. <laughs> but it's amazing how many times someone has this idea that they drop the God card. God told me to blank. Oh, yeah, that college just happens to be the best one that you want to go to and will serve your career the best. Oh, okay, that, that's God's will for your life <laughs> is to have the best for you. So does it benefit you or other people? Now, this one, remember I, I mentioned they go from specific, these questions. This one's a little more, this one is not a clear-cut yes and no question. Okay? I want to acknowledge that. Can we all say that's okay? But it gives you this guideline. This gives you a guideline. Does it benefit you or others? Because God wants his followers to bless other people. In fact, a fundamental tenet of the Christian life is selflessness, selflessness, to bless others, okay? Because God wants you to bless others. So you got to check your heart. Who are you really looking to get the most out of this decision? So now, you got six questions here to ask yourself. And as I mentioned before, if, if you could go through all six of these and say, it doesn't, it doesn't contradict Scripture. I've been praying about this for weeks and weeks. It blesses others. I become more peaceful, patient, kind, good, loving, forgiveness, forgiving all of this. Rock on, because God is speaking to you. Because God is speaking to you. Now imagine, I want you to imagine for a sec what it would be like if all of us were to be doing these two questions here. First, if everyone here saying, I know God. I've made a decision to follow God and I know his voice. I know his voice because I know him. I know him because I know Jesus Christ. And then imagine if all of us, myself included, if all of us were to start asking these questions on a regular basis. Imagine how this could change our collective decision-making. Imagine how this could change the choices we make for our families, whether for your kids or with your parents, for your lives, your careers, your church. Imagine the difference. I'm going to give you just a little snapshot. Okay? I want you to imagine you having more confidence in the decisions you make. Imagine having more confidence in your decisions. Imagine having more peace in your decisions. Less anxiety, less worry. Even if it's a wrong decision, you know God's leading it. Imagine having more peace in your decision making. Imagine having more harmony in families because you have sought and you have know you have heard God's voice. More confidence, more peace, in yourself, more harmony in your families. Does that sound like something good? <laughs> I think we all could use a little more of that. And that's what God promises when we seek to know his voice and separate, distinguish from his voice to all the other voices in our head. He gives us that peace. 
He gives us that confidence. He gives us that harmony. That's his gift to us. So that's how you know when God is speaking to you. Because you know God and you've tested it. You've tested it in some really concrete ways. Join me in prayer. Heavenly Father, I thank you that you speak to us. You could remain distant. You could remain silent, but you do not. You have chosen to reveal yourself. We didn't, we didn't deserve it. We didn't earn it. It is your gift to us. But you have chosen to reveal yourself to us. You've chosen to re reveal yourself to us through thousands of years of your people that has recorded in the Bible. But most importantly, you have chosen to reveal yourself through your son, Jesus Christ, who came to earth fully God and fully man to be executed on a cross for the wrongs we have done. And because of that, we can have a relationship with you. We can know you as father. We can know you as shepherd. And we can know your voice. So thank you. Thank you, God, for letting us know your voice. In Jesus' name I pray these. Amen. All right, church, that's all staying. We're going to sing two songs together here.